Chapter Fifteen of Three People by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifteen. Exit Toad Mall. On went the brisk and busy days. The soft air of summer was upon them, and still the business at the dry goods box flourished and was taking on fresh importance with every passing day the people were almost numberless who grew into the habit of stopping at the little box to be waited on by the briskest and sharpest of boys to delicious coffee and cookies or as the days grew warmer to a glass of iced lemonade or a saucer of glowing strawberries the matter was putting on the semblance of a partnership concern for the old lady rivalled the bakery with her cookies both as regarded taste and economy and in due course of time winnie caught the infection studied half a leaf of an old recipe book which came wrapped around an ounce of alum and finally took to compounding a mixture which being duly baked and carefully watched by the mother's practised eye developed into distracting little cream cakes which met with most astonishing sales meantime there were many spare half-hours in the course of the long days which were devoted to the puzzling grammar and arithmetic, and gradually light was beginning to dawn over not only the addition but the subtraction table, or, more properly speaking, the addition circle. Toad nightly chuckled over his invention as he started from a new figure and raced glibly around to the climax, thereby calling forth the unqualified approbation of Winnie, not unmixed now and then with a certain curious air of admiration at his rapid strides around the mystic circle in fact things were progressing toad began to pride himself on making change correctly and rapidly began to wonder supposing he had a one hundred dollar bill to change could he do it as rapidly almost as that man at the bank began to grow very ambitious and in looking through his arithmetic in search of nouns and verbs chanced to alight on the word interest read about it plied winnie with questions some of which she could answer and some not went for further information to the older brother who was at work in the livery stable the result of all of which was that our rising young street vagrant opened an account at the savings bank and had money at interest by the way his trip to the livery stable revived his slumbering ambition in regard to horses and henceforth he spent his regular nooning in that vicinity or mounted on one of the coach boxes with the brother who chanced to be one of the finest drivers on the list not a very commendable locality in which to spend his leisure you think that depends toads happened fortunately to be much the stronger mind of the two and besides you remember the guide which mounted guard in his jacket pocket he found it in accordance not only with one of the famous rules that is learn everything that is to be learned about everything that i possibly can but also in accordance with his inclination to learn to drive so learn he did although his desire to become mr hastings's coachman had merged itself into a desire to own a complete little coffee-house like the one around the corner from him with veritable shelves and drawers and a till to lock his money in you think it a wonder that toad never fell back into his old wretched street vagrant rum-seller life 
well i don't know what was there to fall back to i can't think it's so charming a thing to be kicked around like a football to be half the time nearly frozen and all the time nearly starved that people should tumble lovingly back into the gutter from which they have once emerged unless indeed one resigns his will to the keeping of that demon who peoples the most of our gutters which thing you will remember toad did not do besides be it also remembered that the loving lord had called this boy and made ready a mansion in the eternal city for him and is it so strange a thing that the lord can keep his own it chanced one day that the two coffee drinkers at his stand lingered and talked freely about a certain lecture that was to be delivered before the blank toe didn't catch what society and didn't care but he did learn the fact that mr burge was to be the speaker now there had come into this boy's heart a strong love for mr burge he had never spoken to him in his life but for all that toad knew him well nodded complacently to himself whenever he chanced to meet mr burge on the street and always pointed him out as his minister very speedily was his resolution taken to attend this lecture he didn't know the subject and indeed that was a matter of very slight moment to him whatever was the subject he felt sure of its being a fine one since mr burge had chosen it well he went and as the lecture was delivered before one of the benevolent societies of the city the subject was the broad and strong one christian giving toad came home with some new and startling ideas he burst into the little kitchen where the mother sat placidly knitting her stockings and the daughter sat knitting her brows over her arithmetic lesson and pronounced his important query winnie what's tenths what's what tenths in counting money you know or anything how much is tenths oh you haven't got to that yet it is a way over in the arithmetic but i tell you i've got to get at it right away it's necessary i don't want it in the arithmetic i want to do it which was and always would be the marked difference between this boy's and girl's education she learned a thing because it was in the book he learned a thing in order to use it what do you want of tense anyhow why can't you wait until you get there cause things that they ought to be helping to do can't wait till i've got there i need to use one of them right away come tell me about them well said winnie where's your slate here are six tenths made so six slash ten toad looked with eager yet bewildered eyes what had that figure six on top of that figure ten to do with mr burge's earnest appeal to all who called themselves by the name of christian to make one-tenth of their money holy to the lord what's one-tenth then he said at last hoping that this was something which would look less puzzling why this is one-tenth and winnie made a very graceful one and a neat ten and drew a prim bewildering little line between them that is the way to write it ten tenths make a whole and one tenth is written just as i've shown you but winnie said toad in desperation never mind writing it 
i don't care how they write it tell me how they do it how to do it i don't know what you mean ten tenths make a whole i tell you and one tenth is just one tenth of it and that's all there is about it the whole of what winnie the whole of anything it makes ten tenths to make a whole one poor puzzled toad what strange language was this that winnie talked suppose he hadn't a whole one after all since it took ten tenths to make it and he couldn't even find out what one of them was suppose he should never have a whole one in his life ought he not then to give anything to help on all those grand doings which mr burge told about i don't understand a bit about it he said at last in a despairing tone well i knew you wouldn't winnie answered touches of triumph and complaisance sounding in her voice you mustn't expect to understand such hard things until you get to them and now the dear old mother who had never studied fractions out of a book in her life came suddenly to the rescue have you been reading about the tenths in your bible dearie she asked with winning sympathy no i didn't know they were there till tonight but i've been hearing about them how the folks always used to give one-tenth and mr burge made it out that we ought to now but i don't know what it is the old lady dived down into her work-basket and produced a little blue bag full of buttons of all shapes and sizes let's you and me see if we can't study it out she said encouragingly you just count out ten of the nicest looking of them white buttons and lay them along in a row toad swiftly and silently did as directed and waited for light to dawn on this dark subject the old lady bent with thoughtful face over the table and looked fixedly at the innocent buttons before she commenced now suppose she said impressively that every single one of them buttons was a five-dollar bill my said toad chuckling in spite of himself at the magnitude of the conception but growing deeply interested as his teacher proceeded and suppose the money was all yours well now it's in ten piles ain't it well suppose you take one of them piles away and make up your mind to give it all to the lord now dearie i've studied over this a good deal to see what i ought to give and it's my opinion that if you did that you'd be giving your tenth now winnie haven't we got at it ain't that so of course said winnie leaving her book and coming around to attend to the buttons isn't that exactly what i said one two three four you have got ten tenths here to make the whole and one of them is one tenth hum said toad you might have said it but it didn't sound like it one might and don't yet i don't see as there's any ten tenths here at all there's ten buttons leastways five dollar bills that's because you are not far enough advanced to understand answered winnie going loftily back to her seat but see here said toad suppose i had a lot of money say well a hundred dollars all in ones and twos you know then how could i manage make ten piles of it dearie don't you see just put as much in one pile as another and then you'd have it 
toad gave the subject a moment's earnest thought then he gave a quick clear whistle yes i see all i've got to do is to keep my money in exactly ten piles no matter how much i get never make another but pile it on to them ten serve each one alike and then just understand that one of em ain't mine at all but belongs to the lord and that's all that's all said the little old lady with trembling eagerness and don't it look reasonable like i should think it did toad answered in a tone which said he had settled a very puzzling question for all time when he went to his room that evening he took out from the mass in his pocket a crumpled bit of paper and looked at some writing on it it read genesis twenty eight twenty two mr burge had spoken of that verse and toad had marked it down now he carefully sought out the verse and carefully read it over several times then he got down on his knees and prayed it aloud and of all that thou shalt give me i will surely give the tenth unto thee it was later in the season quite midsummer when the reverend mr burge rushing eagerly downtown past toad's place of business suddenly came to a halt the place was unique and inviting enough graceful awning floating out over the box covered with its white cloth fresh fruits on tins of ice fresh cakes covered with snowy napkins dainty bouquets of flowers gleaming here and there iced lemonade waiting to be poured into sparkling glasses everything faultlessly pure and clean but it was none of these things that halted mr burge nor yet the no bottles which still spoke eloquently of the owner's principles but the name toad mall the reverend mr burge had heard that singular combination of names but once in his life and then under circumstances he had never forgotten he stood irresolute a moment then turned back and came under the little awning toad's face glowed with pleasure as he flung aside his grammar and came briskly forward to wait on his distinguished guest i'll take a glass of lemonade if you please began mr burge preparing to feel his way cautiously into the heart of this bright-eyed boy and find if he was indeed the one whose mother had prayed for him but once in her life and that on her dying bed yes sir answered toad promptly giving the glasses little gleeful chinks as he singled out the clearest i see you keep a temperance establishment i'm glad of that i didn't expect to find a place in this quarter of the city where a temperance man could get any refreshment yes sir that's why i came down here to do business cause there was nothing but rum all around here and i thought it was time they had the other side of the story and things are improving some the man that kept the saloon right next to me drank himself to death and broke down and the man who moved in is going to keep yankee notions instead of whiskey by a few skillfully put questions mr burge satisfied himself that the brisk young person who talked about doing business and his small acquaintance of the albany cellar were one and the same and by this time drink as slowly as he could the lemonade was exhausted so bound to be a valuable customer he tried again what nice things do you keep hidden under that dainty napkin cakes eh suppose i take one do they go well with lemonade 
first rate sir and toad's face was radiant with pleasure as he saw not only one but three of winnie's delicious cream cakes disappear then mr burge took out his pocket-book it was no part of his intention just then and there to betray any previous knowledge of the boy's history the little scene in that life-drama which he had helped enact was too solemn and sacred too fraught with what might be made into tender memories to be given by a stranger into the hands of a rough and probably hardened boy he could keep it to tell gently to this poor fellow in the quiet of some softly lighted room when he should have gained an influence over him for good for he was a fisher of boys as well as men this good man and he told himself that the lord had thrown this self-same boy into his path again to give him a chance to do the work which a few hours delay had robbed him of years ago and mr burge knew very well that opportunities to do the work which had been let slip nine years before came rarely to any man and he was glad and he was going to be very wary and wise therefore he drew forth his pocket-book now what am i to pay you for this excellent lunch nothing sir and toad's cheeks fairly blazed with joy nothing answered the astonished customer yes sir nothing i don't charge my minister anything for lunch like to have you come every day sir your minister yes sir didn't you know you was my minister chuckled toad bless me i knew it i tell you known it this long time and then ensued a lively conversation question and answer following each other in quick succession and mr burge went through a great many phases of feeling in a brief space of time first came a great throb of joy the boy is safe the mother's prayer is answered good measure pressed down running over not only a temperance boy to the very core but a christian then a quick little thrill of pain oh his work was done but his duty had been left undone the lord had gathered in this stray waif but he was not the servant then first great astonishment and afterward humble very humble thanksgiving so then he was the servant after all the lord had called him in to help and the work was begun on that stormy night that night over which he had grumbled and had doubting questioning thoughts oh there were a great many lessons to learn during that long conversation and the minister smiled presently to himself over the memory of how he took it for granted that because the little yellow-haired boy had run away from his intended care nine years before he had therefore run away from god smiled to remember how carefully he was going to approach this rough hardened boy oh well he said to himself as he turned from the shade of the awning compelled by the press of customers to defer further conversation i shall learn after a time that although the lord is gracious and forbearing and kindly gives me the work to do here and there for him he can when he chooses get along entirely without the help of john burge nevertheless he did not yet make known the fact of his early acquaintance with toad not so much now that he wanted to keep it to help in melting the boy's heart 
as that he had come to realize that toad's mother was already his one tender memory and that everything about that deathbed scene if remembered at all must be fraught with pain so he still kept the story until some quiet time when they should be in a pleasant room alone but this meeting was a great thing for toad from that day forth mr burge realized fully that he was the boy's minister he began at once to work carefully for him thursday evening toad learned to close business at an early hour and betake himself to the young people's meeting he was told into the sabbath school more than that he coaxed winnie in a feat which her mother had never succeeded in performing it was some time in september that a new duty and a new privilege dawned upon him that of publicly uniting himself with the people of god toad never forgot the solemn joy which thrilled his soul at that time when it was made known to him that this privilege was actually his there came a wondrously beautiful october saturday and toad stood by the window in mr burge's study it was just at the close of a long conversation on the morrow the boy was to stand up in the church and take the solemn vows upon him and his face was grave yet glad by the way said mr burge yours is a very singular name fortunate that it is or i never would have found you again but it must be a contraction of something why yes answered toad hesitatingly he did not know what contraction meant my name was once when i was a very little youngster theodore but i never knew myself in that way theodore a grand name it belonged to a brother of mine once before he was called to receive the new name i like it and theodore the name goes down on my record how do you spell the other are you sure that's all right m a began our friend then stopped to laugh why no i'll be bound that ain't my name either it's mallory that's what it is no mall about it mr burge turned and surveyed his collar leisurely with a quiet smile on his face it seems to me master theodore mallory that you are sailing under false colors he said at last what have you to do with toad mall toad laughed well they nicknamed me so and i suppose it stuck and it seems like me but my name truly is theodore s mallory then of course i shall write it so and after he had written it mr burge came over and took the boy's hand it is a pleasant idea he said let us take the new name a picture of the new life which begins to-morrow when you say before the world as for me i will serve the lord be very careful of the new name dear brother don't stain it with any shadow of evil toad walked home slowly and thoughtfully in the gathering twilight strange new thoughts stirring in his heart he felt older and graver and wiser he went round by the business stand he took his knife from his pocket and carefully pried out the tacks which held his pasteboard sign then he held it up in the waning light and looked earnestly at the letters his face working with new thoughts but the only outward expression which he gave to these thoughts 
was to say, as he rolled up the pasteboard, I must have a new sign. Goodbye, Toad Mall. I'm done with you forever. After this, I'm Theodore S. Mallory. End of chapter 15